Fear and hopelessness are two major challenges of the times we live in. We overcome fear with faith and hopelessness with fortitude. We are strengthened in our inner person by waiting on the Lord. Keep your faith alive and your fortitude energized. Today, uh, we're going to spend a few moments in the Word of God together. And uh, I just want to bring a word of encouragement to our hearts, especially those of us uh, in, 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 in India who are, um, you know, we are uh, since sometime in April and until now we're uh, experiencing the second wave of the pandemic. And uh, uh, it's been quite distressing seeing all that's been going on around us. And so I want to just speak a word of encouragement to our hearts, uh, a few thoughts that will, that will uh, motivate us, that will uh, encourage us during this time. Now, uh, many of us are aware of all that's happening across uh, our nation. And uh, this also leads to a lot of questions. And uh, when we look at uh, uh, this, the second wave and, 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 and listen to what experts are saying about this. Now, um, the impact of uh, this, this whole pandemic on the economy of our nation of India, uh, what, what people are telling us is that uh, the first wave that was in 2020, uh, uh, about uh, uh, the, during the months of April, May, June, the economy contracted by about 65%. That was in uh, April, May, June of 2020. And now in uh, this year, 2021, as we go through this second wave, uh, they are predicting, hopefully, uh, the uh, economy will not contract as much. Maybe they're estimating about a 15% contraction in the economy. But yet, yet, there has been a tremendous impact on the middle class and the working class. Um, people who have been doing well professionally, they've been able to have a, a means for livelihood, take care of the family, have a little bit of savings, uh, and also just enjoy some of the ex extra things. Uh, the middle class and even the working class, the labor class, uh, people had jobs and so on. But when the first wave uh, hit the in Indian economy, and again, this is very, very difficult to estimate, but the Pew Research estimated that about 32 million people were driven into poverty in 2020. They were forced into, they were, they, they were, things were looking good, things were looking up, but because of the, the pandemic in 2020, about 32 million people, and it's a, very, it's a very difficult number to estimate, could be much more than 32 million, but a large percentage of the India's population was pushed into poverty. And so they're estimating that in 2020, poverty in India doubled in a single year, doubled. And uh, we don't know how harsh the second wave is going to be. Uh, what will happen? Uh, you know, the medical experts are projecting uh, other things to be careful of, maybe a second wave, maybe a fourth wave, maybe a third wave and a fourth wave, we, we don't know, but that's uh, their uh, part of what they do and trying to predict and so that they can give some guidance to the policymakers so that they could make policies to preempt some of these things. Uh, we've been looking at the vaccination rollout in our country. You know, uh, at one point it seemed like India was the exporter of vaccines and here we are today uh, in such a state where it's so shameful to see what's happening. And uh, uh, hopefully things will turn around quickly so that people can also get vaccinated and, and uh, you know, uh, uh, re help, rec help uh, the country recover from all that's happening. So these are just a few of the, the, the challenges that all of us have been observing around us. But how does that affect you and me? as people and as individuals. And uh, what can we do together is what I want to address today. And also we'll continue talking about some of these things next week. So today I want to specifically talk at a personal level, at an 
individual level. And next week we'll talk about as a community, what can we do as a community? So there are two uh, high, uh, two things that have been highlighted as far as personal struggles uh, during the pandemic. And of course now uh, in, this, in the second wave, it's, it's even more uh, significant. And one is that of fear. You know, uh, when we look around, uh, unlike what happened in 2020, in 2021, it, the, the numbers are tremendous, uh, have increased significantly. Uh, it wasn't too long ago, just uh, maybe a week or two ago, when our, uh, the number of reported cases in our country was the highest ever re reported by any country in the world. And that's not something to be proud of, but it's just a fact, and that shows uh, how uh, transmissible this, uh, uh, the virus has been in the second wave. And so many people close to us, perhaps even some family and close friends have been affected. And, and, and it seems all around and maybe very close, closer than we would like it to be. And uh, so fear has been something that's, uh, that's been so prevalent. A, a great sense of fear, uh, and some, for some people, it's leading to uh, a state of anxiety and worry, uh, and that, that constant uh, nagging on their minds. So that's one big challenge that we're seeing uh, everywhere. The second thing, of course, is a, a sense of hopelessness, despair, despondency, uh, somehow the will to fight is no longer there. Perhaps we could say, you know, when uh, as a nation we went through the first wave in 2020, uh, we were determined to come out of it. We were determined, we knew that we could bounce back. But now in the second wave, uh, there's that sense of hopelessness. And many, especially uh, in, the, in the working class and the labor class, uh, when they've been forced back uh, into joblessness and uh, uh, the means of livelihood is taken away uh, yet again. Uh, there's this deep sense of hopelessness and perhaps that has impacted uh, some of us watching. And so I want to deal with these two things, uh, fear and hopelessness. How do we as individuals, as believers, I'm talking at a very personal level, how do we as, as believers overcome this and live above these things. We're not living in denial. We're not saying it's not there. It is there. Uh, we're all faced with it. But as believers, as people who know God and know his word, how can we live above our fear and hopelessness that's all around us and sometimes even within our us, uh, we struggle with it as well. And so how do we overcome these things? What I want us to just... Uh, state at the very beginning, and then we will expand on it a little bit, little bit as we journey through this message is that uh, we must be people of faith and fortitude. Faith and fortitude. I want to spend some time talking about both these traits or attributes or things that you and I must walk in. Now, we've heard a lot about faith, as especially here at All People's Church. We constantly, uh, you know, come back to that theme, that subject of walking by faith in God and faith in his word. But faith is that powerful antidote to fear. So fear and faith are opposites. If I am not in faith, it's very likely that I can give in to fear in my life. Or I can put it like this, if I want to keep fear out of my life, I must intentionally walk by faith in God. Now, faith in God, faith in God and faith in his word is a sixth sense. It's, it's above the five natural senses. So that means I'm going outside of the realm of the natural and I'm putting my trust and dependence on God based on his word uh, and both God and the truth he's given is, is above the natural realm. Uh, the, that's what the Bible tells us, that faith in Hebrews 11 and, and verse 1, that faith is the evidence of things 
not seen. It is the conviction of their reality. And faith perceives as a real fact what is not revealed to the senses. So faith is above the realm of senses. It is beyond the natural. It is our ability to trust in God, our trusting in God, trusting in his word. That's faith. And faith is the antidote to fear. So when, this, when there is fear knocking at the door, fear wanting to come in and occupy our minds, and the Bible says fear has torment. Fear is tormenting. It, it is oppressing. It is crippling. Uh, it is destructive in its nature. It may seem like a simple thing, but uh, when you talk to the people who are experiencing fear, you can find, uh, you, you will understand how uh, powerful this emotion of fear can be. Uh, and so fear has torment, as the Bible says, but faith in God keeps fear out. That's why in the teachings of Jesus, many times, Jesus said, do not worry, be, have faith. Or he said, do not be faithless. Do not, uh, instead of worrying, you know, he says, you know, be full of faith. Or when, uh, when people, when, when Jesus was with his disciples and they were fearful, you know, uh, Jesus often told them, why are you fearful? Why are you doubting? Where is your faith? And so we must intentionally choose to have faith in God and in his word uh, to keep fear out of our lives. So, you know, uh, when, when there's fear coming in, maybe fear for, the, for your own life, many of us, uh, you know, God, we, we want, to, want my life to be preserved. I want to come through this alive, you know. The Lord, we need to go to God's word. It says the Lord, Psalm 27, verse 1 and 2. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of what will I be afraid? So you put your faith in the word of God. You put your trust in the word of God. And I'm just quoting some of the scriptures. That, you know, we could go to many scriptures from the Bible, but the point I want to make is we must go to the word of God because faith is birthed out of that. So during this season, make every effort to keep faith, fear out of your life by going to the word of God and nurturing your faith with the word of God. Nurture your faith with the word of God. Go to those scriptures, read them every day or as often as you can and nurture your faith with the word of God. Go to Psalm 91, powerful Psalm. If you need to read the whole Psalm once every day, do it, but remind yourself of what the word of God says. You know, the Bible says, a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. No evil shall befall you. No plague will come near your dwelling. He will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. So you go to those the scriptures like, God, I thank you that this is your promise. I'm resting in it. God has promised Isaiah 32 verse 18. He said, my people will live in peaceful homes and secure dwellings in quiet resting places. So he said, God, my home is a peaceful home. It's a secure dwelling. God secures my dwelling. God himself covers and protects my dwelling. You speak that word over your own household, your own family. So whatever the area of fear, go to the word of God concerning that. Sometimes some are fearful about the future. You know, what is my future going to be like? Uh, you know, having you know, gone through so many transitions and changes in, in, in the past year and happening this year. What would my future be like? That's where you need to go back to the word of God and, and, and remember what God said. He spoke to his people in Jeremiah 29, 11, and he said, I know the plans I have for you, plans of prosperity, plans to give you a future and a hope. And so you declare that when those thoughts of fear come about your future, about where you're going to go, what's going to happen to you, you declare God's word. And you say, 
you know, as, as God says in Psalm 32 and verse 8, he says, I will lead you and I will teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Uh, Psalm 37, 23 and 24, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and God himself delights in the way that I take. So you feed yourself, you feed your faith with such promises. In whatever area that fear is knocking on your, on your mind, your emotions, take the word of God, nurture faith in your heart by the word. So be a person of faith to overcome fear and be intentional about nurturing your faith. Also, part of walking by faith is renewing our mind. Uh, when you, when, and again, this is a very familiar theme to many of us. Uh, we've heard a lot of teaching on that and how to renew our mind. To renew our mind simply means we choose to think aligned to the ways and thoughts of God rather than the ways and the thoughts of the world. So you renew your mind. You are choosing to think aligned to the ways and thoughts of God. And that again happens as you nurture yourself with the word of God. Go to the word, read it. What does the Bible say? You begin to think aligned to the scriptures. You begin to think aligned to the word of God. So that is you and me renewing our mind as we think aligned to the scriptures. And so that helps us keep our mind rested on God, to keep our mind stayed on God. And when we do that, the Bible tells us, Isaiah 26 and verse 3, that God will keep him in perfect peace. His mind, the man whose mind is stayed on God, has rested on God. So God keeps us in perfect peace when we keep our mind rested on him. And the way you and I keep our mind rested on God is by the renewing of our mind. That means you and I choose to think aligned to the ways and thoughts of God, choose to think aligned to the promises of God, choose to think aligned to what God has said in his word. And that's the way we keep our mind rested on him. And when your mind is rested on God, and God says, you will be kept in perfect peace. So fear will not be able to disturb that place of peace in which you can be because you keep your mind stayed on the Lord. So that is the first thing we must uh, uh, address. Fear. Have faith in God. Keep your mind on the Lord. Keep your mind rested on who he is. Keep your mind, that means your thoughts, rested on who God is to you and me in the situation. Faith is the antidote to fear. Overcome fear by faith in God. Combat fear with faith. The next thing I want to deal with is the sense of hopelessness. Um, this, uh, the, the sense of despair, uh, the giving up of the fight in us to rise up and out of the circumstance and situation. And we must combat this sense of hopelessness with fortitude. Now, what is fortitude? Fortitude is the mental and emotional strength to be courageous in the face of adversity. Now, we always tell people, be strong, be courageous. You know, when you're going through difficulty, we tell people, be courageous, be bold, be strong. But sometimes we don't have the mental strength, the emotional strength to be courageous. And that emotional, mental strength to be courageous in the middle of adversity needs to be recharged, renewed from time to time. Otherwise, we lose our fortitude. We lose our emotional and mental strength to be courageous in the middle of difficulties. And so fortitude is important. Uh, and that if we lose that, if we lose our mental and emotional strength to be courageous, that's when hopelessness, despair, despondency, the giving up of the fight happens to many of us. So how do we 
have fortitude. Now, you know, when you think about some of the uh, uh, frontline workers today in the midst of the pandemic, we have to salute them. We have to appreciate them so much. You know, think about, you know, a medical doctor in the hospital. Now, of course, under normal times, uh, people would have chosen to be doctors because perhaps of their interest uh, in, in that field, uh, perhaps of their desire to serve people and to make a difference uh, in other people's lives. Uh, so that was the motivation, that was the inspiration for them, uh, their interest in science and physiology and so on, and, and their desire to serve people that motivated them. And so they were working in the hospital. But now think about the current situation. Uh, so many people, typically, typical, and we don't know the exact numbers, but you know, any hospital at this particular point in time, maybe 80% of people coming into the hospitals at this time are affected with COVID. Hospital beds, wards are filled with COVID patients. So can you imagine a doctor walking into um, a ward? Maybe there are 50 beds there in a, in a, you know, or 50 patients there in a general ward lying there. Uh, all of them affected with COVID. And here the doctor, of course, in all of their protective uh, equipment along with the nurses, they are walking right there. And all around them, are people, some of them may be coughing violently and you know, having all kinds of symptoms and things happening. And they're walking in amongst these people, maybe 50 beds or 100 beds, depending on the size. And, and they're walking there with all these people around them. They know, you know the air is probably full of all of these viruses, but they're stepping in and they want, they're going to serve each one of those 50 people. Now, to do something like that, and you know, this is one example like that, think about the firefighters or uh, other you know, uh, high risk uh, emergency services uh, where at that moment, they have to have fortitude. They have to have the emotional and mental strength to be courageous in order to do what they're doing to, in the face of adversity. So to do this every day, every day, go back to that same ward day after day, or you know, uh, all kinds of patients around. Uh, some of them may be you know, uh, on ventilators. Some of them uh, you know, at uh, final stages of life. And here they are doing their best. Uh, you know, every patient waiting to, for the doctor to come by their bedside. And, you know, for some of them, the doctor is their lifeline. You know, or they, they're looking to, to the doctor. I mean, only the, the doctor can save my life. It, it, you know, just imagine the emotion the patients are going through and the doctor is stepping in. It takes a lot of emotional and mental strength, fortitude, to be courageous to do that. So now... Things have changed. It's no longer just about interest in science or medicine or my desire to serve people. It, the call of duty now has gone beyond that realm, that dimension, into something else. It's gone into the realm of fortitude. You've got to have just more than an interest in medicine. You've got to have just more than interest in, you know, in, uh, you know, uh, in, in, in doing good. Now you've got to come into this place of mental and emotional strength to be courageous for the sake of the people that you want to serve. And that's what uh, these frontline workers are doing for the people that they are serving. Fortitude. Now, you and I, when we are faced with challenges, we need to strengthen or recharge our mental and emotional strength to be courageous in the midst of whatever we are facing. And I'm talking at a personal level right now. So you may be going through a very difficult situation, an adversity in your life, challenges in your life. Maybe you're a young person and you're going through college and, and you know, 
you don't know what to do next. Maybe exams have been postponed indefinitely. Uh, you don't know when this whole thing is going to end. Uh, you don't know when uh, you can go to the next, when the next academic year is going to start. Um, you don't know, you know, when you'll be able to finish up and get a job and a lot of things, a lot of things uh, left hanging. Uh, or maybe you've graduated and then you're, you're looking for a job and maybe in your area of uh, work and things that you've trained for, maybe there aren't that many opportunities at the moment. And so again, that's, that's an adverse situation. Or maybe uh, as a professional, you've, you've had a good career, uh, but now you've lost your job and, and you're in between jobs and uh, it can be very difficult, adversity. What do you need? You need to have mental and emotional strength to stay courageous during this time. So I want to speak towards that. How can you and I as believers recharge, keep our fortitude up, keep it strong? How can you and I maintain emotional and mental and emotional strength during this, these difficult times. I want to just present, and I'm speaking to us as believers. I want to present two things. Number one, waiting on God builds fortitude. Waiting on God builds fortitude. Now, this is nothing new to us. We've probably heard numerous messages on waiting on God. And so, uh, it probably isn't new to many of us, but it's an important reminder. I want to remind you, waiting on God will build your fortitude, your mental and emotional capacity to stay, to stay courageous, even the things around you might be quite difficult. Wait on the Lord. I want to remind you of some familiar scriptures. These are well known to many of us, uh, but I want to just remind us of these scriptures. Psalm 27 and verse 14, the Bible says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. He will strengthen your inner person. The heart represents the inner person. And that's where we need strength. That's where we need fortitude. We need emotional, inner strength, emotional, mental, spiritual strength. He says, wait on the Lord. He will strengthen your heart. You, you and I need to go to that place of saying, God, I'm coming to you because you are the only source of my strength at this time. And I need that mental and emotional strength to stay courageous, not to give in to hopelessness and despair and give up on life. No, 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 no. I need strength. I need fortitude to stay courageous, Lord. I need that. And I can find it when I come to you and I'll wait upon you. We know that familiar passage in Isaiah, the 40th chapter, verses 28 to 31. You know, uh, the Bible tells us there, have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. So he says, look to God. He's the everlasting God. He's the one who created all things. I mean, he's the, he is the source of unending, unlimited strength and power. He says, no God. And he says, he continues, verse 29, this God, who is the source of unending, unlimited strength and power, verse 29, he gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. He gives power. He increases strength. Now, think about that. Let's say it again. He gives power. He increases strength. This everlasting God, this creator of the ends of the earth, this God who never runs out of strength and power, this God who is the unlimited source of strength and power, he gives power. He gives strength. So that's where you and I must go to build our fortitude, to build our inner capacity, our inner strength to be courageous 
in these difficult times. We go to the source, the God who is the source of unlimited strength and power. And we do this by waiting on him. But just waiting on him. And I'll speak a little bit on what, how to wait on the Lord. It says there in verse 30, he, even the youths shall faint and be weary. The young men shall utterly fall. You know, people whom you think uh, wouldn't be naturally strong, even they are being depleted. Even they are running out of steam. Even they are running out of courage. And that's what's happening when you look around uh, across our country. But then the Bible says, verse 31, but those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So it's saying, you know, when you wait on the Lord, the one who gives strength, the one who gives power, the one who increases strength, he imparts it to your life. It's like you come and you wait. It's, you know, it's like you plugging your phone into the power source and you've got to leave it there for some time. You've got to let it be for it to be recharged. And that's what you and I need to do. We just got to go there and be there for us to renew our strength. You've got to wait. You've got to stay. And then we receive strength. You know, a beautiful example of waiting on the Lord is in that very familiar story of Mary and Martha that we find in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. Uh, we are very familiar with this story, but I just want to read that passage for us and just highlight a few things about waiting on the Lord. It says there, now it happened as they went that he, that is Jesus, he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me alone to serve, to serve alone? Therefore tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. So there are a few insights or thoughts I want to just share with us from this passage. You know, uh, it's quite interesting that even though we are under lockdown, for many of us, it's also the most busiest time uh, that we, season that we've ever gone through. And I can say that of myself. You know, for more than a year now, we've been, most of the time, we've been working at home other than some brief periods when we could go to the office. But most of the time, we've been working at home. But, and it's also been the most busiest time. So much uh, to be done. We've taken on so many new things that we could do. Uh, and it's like, you know, the work day has no limits, there's no boundaries. You know, at least before, you know, there was a time you left home to go to the office and a time you left the office to come home. But here, you're at home, you're working. And so there just seems to be no boundaries. And uh, uh, work just consumes all of your day and, in effect, all of your life. It's just consuming. Uh, we can be distracted with so many, so many things. And there are some insights. I just want to speak to us here about waiting on the Lord. And what Mary did is a beautiful illustration for us of what it takes to wait on the Lord. You know, uh, let me just put it up and uh, put it out in these seven statements. Number one, from verse 39, waiting on him involves sitting and listening. Waiting involves, I'm talking about waiting on the Lord, of course, that's the context. Waiting on the Lord involves sitting and listening. Pause and focus. Now, I'm not talking about literally sitting. You can sit, you can kneel, you can stand, whatever. But it's pause and focus. To wait, we must pause and focus. Or pause 
and listen. To listen, you have to focus. You have to pay attention. And that's waiting. Number two, don't let much serving distract you from waiting. You know, Martha was distracted by much serving. She was not waiting. What Mary was doing was waiting. So don't let much serving distract you. That means take your focus away from waiting. Number three, from verse 41. Don't let many things cause you to be worried and troubled. Jesus told Martha, Martha, there are many things that are worrying you and troubling you. You see, there could be many things around, you know, people to be cared for, calls to be made, emails to be responded to, many things. But don't let the many things cause you to be worried and troubled. No. They will be attended to in their time, but we must wait. Number four, keep one thing, waiting on him as the main thing. Keep this one thing. What is the main thing in your life? Wait upon him. Keep the one thing of waiting on him as the main thing in your life. That's what Mary did. She just sat at the feet. That was the main thing. She didn't let herself get distracted or worried or troubled about serving or many other things. She just waited. Fifthly, choose the good part. Waiting on God is a good part because that's when his strength, his power is flowing into your life. That's when you are plugged in to the power source, so to speak. You know, if the phone is not plugged in, the battery is not charged, it can't perform. It can't do what it's supposed to do. It may have the best apps and wonderful features, but if that battery is not charged, cannot perform. Waiting is that one thing. And make it the main thing. Number five, choose the good part. Waiting is a choice. Jesus said, Mary has chosen the good part. She chose to wait. And sometimes you and I have to choose to wait. We have to choose to pause and focus. That means you intentionally say, this time to this time, everything is off. My phone is off. I'm choosing to wait. And so you choose to wait, just like Mary did. And number six, you know, when Martha said, Lord, send Mary here. Jesus didn't say, Mary, get up, go help Martha. He didn't do that. He said, in fact, he turned it around. He said, you know what? What she's chosen, I will not take away. That means Jesus will never drive you away from waiting on him to serving him. He knows how important waiting is. In fact, he draws you and me to wait on him. And he knows serving will flow out, out of that automatically. So Jesus doesn't drive you away from waiting on him to serving him. He draws you in to wait upon him. And lastly, serving him, of course, is important. Serving him will come after waiting on him. I'm sure at the end of that time that Jesus was there, after he had finished speaking what he had to speak, I'm sure they served him food and he ate and he refreshed himself. So that, that serving part was there, but it happened after the waiting part. So serving happens after waiting. So understand these few things here about waiting, because as we wait upon the Lord, you're building your fortitude and also I want to let us know, knowing your purpose in God inspires fortitude. When you're clear about your purpose, it inspires you. It gives you mental and emotional strength to stay courageous. And I'm reminded of what Jesus said in John 12, verse 27. This was the moment uh, when Jesus was about to be led away to, he was going to go to the Garden of Gethsemane from there to the cross. And at that moment, he says, now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. Says, should I say that? No. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. What is Jesus saying? You know, he's saying, I came for this purpose. So knowing your purpose can, in God, can inspire fortitude. When you know what your purpose is in God, it keeps you mentally and emotionally strong. 
that sense of purpose inspires emotional strength in you, fortitude in you. That's what Jesus is saying here. He says, for this purpose, I have come. For this purpose, I'm here. And even though what he is about to enter in is so troubling, it is so emotionally draining, yet he says, I must fulfill my purpose. And the writer of Hebrews says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He went to the cross because there was the purpose ahead of him. So when you and I keep our eyes on the purpose of God for our lives, it keeps us full of fortitude, inspires fortitude, that mental, emotional strength to stay courageous in the midst of difficult times and situations. So clarify your purpose. Keep your eyes on God's purpose for your life. You know, one of the things that we must ask ourselves is this. Uh, you know, in the light of God's purpose, what does this season demand from me? This is an unusual season. It's a difficult season. I can't do the things I would normally do, so I'm compelled to do some other things. But these other things that I'm going to engage in, what are those other things that will align, that are aligned to the purpose of God for my life? So you ask yourself this question, in the light of God's purpose for my life, what does this season demand from me? Or you can put it this way, a question that I ask myself and I remind myself when I think like this, how will the things I do in this season contribute towards the purpose of God for my life once we come out of the season? That means I don't want to start putting my hands and feet into things uh, uh, that are not aligned to God's purpose in this season. It's a different season. Yes, we have to do different things, but the different things that I do must stay aligned to the purpose of God because the purpose of God is what invigorates fortitude. It's what gives courage and strength, uh, gives us strength to stay courageous in this season. So whatever I put my hands into in this season must stay aligned to the overall purpose of God for my life. So ask yourself this question and begin to journey through this season with a sense of purpose. Just to wrap up, I want to remind ourselves, journey with faith and fortitude through this season. Keep your faith alive and your fortitude energized. Combat fear with faith. Combat hopelessness with fortitude. Feed on the word to nurture your faith. Renew your mind to stay in a place of peace and uh, uh, you know, uh, learn to wait upon God to keep your fortitude energized and let stay focused on God's purpose for your life uh, so that your fortitude stays energized. Let's journey through this season with faith and fortitude. I'm going to come back right after this time of worship and we're going to pray together and we will close. Sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour of prayer that calls me from a world of care and bids me at my Father's throne. Make Spirits burn 
Let's pray together. I want to pray specially over each life, each one of us as we're tuned in. I want to pray over your life. Pray that God will fill you with faith and fortitude, that you will be a person of faith and fortitude as you journey through this season and you will emerge victorious. You will emerge triumphant. You will emerge saying, I went through a tough season. We all went through a tough, tough season but we came out victorious. We came out blessing many other people. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And Father, I pray for every person watching God, every person listening. Uh, we pray that faith and fortitude will arise in their hearts. God, that your word will encourage them, that as they wait upon you and choose to wait upon you, God, they will be renewed in strength that you will give power, you will increase strength, and that young people, uh, older people, people, all of them, God, will be encouraged and will come through this season bold and strong. That when we look back, we can say, God did wonderful things in my life. God released new things in my life. God carried me through. God worked powerfully in me even though times were different, even though times were difficult, even though there was adversity, God worked through me powerfully. That we would be able to testify to the goodness of God and the work that you released through us, even through such times. Father, I pray especially for those at home uh, who may be sick, who may be affected by COVID or some other condition in their bodies. I speak right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I speak right now in the name of Jehovah Rapha. I speak right now on the 
authority of your word, on the basis of the finished work of the cross of Jesus, on uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit. I rebuke sickness and disease. I rebuke every virus. I rebuke the infection, the disease from your body. And in the name of Jesus, I command you to be healed. I command healing from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. Let the life of God, the Zoe life of God flow through your entire body and revive you and make you whole. Let life fill every cell of your body and let every infirmity and every affliction be driven out of your body in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray that they will experience your touch and let many testify to your goodness in their lives. We thank you, Father, for doing this. We thank you for ministering to your people. We thank you for demonstrating your goodness in their lives. We give you thanks and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Thank you for being with us today on the service. I want to encourage you to be a person of faith and fortitude. Keep it up. Keep your faith energized, your fortitude energized. Stay strong. Continue strong in your journey with the Lord. Send us a testimony. If there's something you'd, you'd like to write in, share with us. Send us a testimony. It's email to testimony at apcwo.org. Thank you so much for being with us. And God richly bless you. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, our Heavenly Father, and the sweet fellowship of his Holy Spirit be with you always in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. We trust this message was a blessing to you. For more free resources, including sermons, sermon notes, publication, please visit apcwo.org. For information on APC Bible College in Bangalore, please visit apcbiblecollege.org. Please remember to download the All People's Church Bangalore app from the app or Google Play Store. 